You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. This is the last sermon in our generosity series. I, it, this is turning to be a better series than I thought, and I had pretty high expectations. Our next series will be in the Gospel of John. That our pattern bakes is Old Testament, New Testament Gospel. And so around, and then we cycle through the Gospels. So the next one is up as John. So we'll start that next week. And how many years will it take to finish John? Yeah. Maraming, as we'd say in the Philippines. Many. Uh, it'll take less than a year. We've already got it mapped out. Generosity is one of those things that's just so central to the Christian life. Because we've been given much, we give much. So what we've been saying throughout the series is this sort of stuff. We've been time, money, abilities are gifts from God. It's not like we had to meet a bar, a qualification to get those things. They were given. Now he adds to it as we're faithful. But these are gifts from God. And we get them... uh, so that we can use them as we participate in his work. And as children of the Lord Most High to our Father in Heaven, we're involved in the family business, if I can use that analogy, and we get to participate with him, and we get to help our dad out in the heavenly business. And the point we're doing here, and this is really important, is we steward these gifts for maximum enjoyment. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been around a lot of Christians who were apparently baptized in vinegar. (laughs) Do you know the crowd? Uh, That is not, I mean, that is not the life of Jesus. Now, to be sure, there's a Pollyanna side that can never look at hard sides, which is just as bad the other direction. But when we live in God's world and understand the gift we've been given in Jesus Christ and the whole relationship, joy is huge. Jay spent a lot of time unpacking that last week, and that's what we're here for. That's what we're talking about when we do this work of living the Christian life. Time, money, abilities, life are gifts from God that we get to use as we participate in his work, work for Maximum enjoyment. Do you know this guy? Some of you do. This is Kiko and Hope Duran. They're new to our church. Uh, Kiko is a truck driver, 40 years of hauling freight around the world. And and last week, uh, one of my friends caught me and said, Hey, did you hear that Kiko had a heart attack? said, no, no, I hadn't heard. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really in pretty serious trouble over at the hospital in intensive care, and they're really working on him right now. And for those of you who've been signed up on the prayer email list, if you're not, you should be, you followed his journey this week as he had other heart attacks, and finally they uh, quit trying to keep him alive. Brain was just fried with lack of blood and one or another. And they let him go to be with Jesus. Hope, his wife, and his two daughters were there as he passed. And we regret that uh, Kiko is gone. He's a worship leader, was never able to lead worship here because he just didn't get in the rotation 
until at 59 suddenly he died. That's what reminds us that God has given us life and we have a period of time to use those things wisely for maximum enjoyment. In many cases, we do not know when that end would come. In Kiko, he had no idea until the heart attack hit him and just in a few days he was gone. The funeral memorial will be on September 28th. That's a Thursday at 2 o'clock here in this room. Uh, if you knew Kiko or just enjoyed being a part of what I'm sure will be a great celebration, Kiko and Hope Duran. When I think about this passage or think about this topic, where I go is Psalm chapter 90. And I want to read that together here. The prayer of Moses. This is what Moses says. Just the rabbis suggest that Moses wrote this psalm as he's on top of Mount Nebo, which is in Syria, today Syria, as he looked across the Jordan River into the promised land that he knew he was not going into. And he's on top of Mount Nebo looking into it. The rabbis suggest this is what he wrote knowing that he would not go into it because of his own personal lack of faith in God at a critical point. And God said, you're not going into the land. And the generation that was there at the golden calf thing, that whole generation was not going into the land. But now the new generation is going in. And this is what Moses wrote. Lord, you've been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born for you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass in the morning. In the morning it speaks up new, but by evening it's dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, O Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servant. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for many years as you have seen, we have seen trouble. May your deeds be done to your servants, who are your splendor to their children. May the favor of our Lord, may the favor of the Lord our God, rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This is the word of the Lord is the word of the Lord, and it's a powerful word of the Lord. And when we think about this, you know, these opening lines are, if you've been around church, you've probably memorized them. You've been our dwelling place. I look at that term dwelling place. It can be translated lots of different ways. 
One of the translations I like of that term is refuge in time of trouble. Our Lord is a refuge in time of trouble. I think the one I like best is he has been our home. I travel a lot. One hotel room looks just like another hotel room. Oh, this is a high-class hotel. Now it's got a bed and a shower, internet, and you get a breakfast, maybe. Uh, home is what counts because that's the relationship. Lord is our home. And that is so critical as he is our eternal home. For those who have this relationship with him through Jesus Christ, and we are children of the Lord Most High, to come to Abba is to come home. One of the things I've always wondered, and I think I have an answer for it now, is when God met Moses in Exodus chapter 3 in the burning bush, what God said to him is, take off your shoes. And I think, why did he do that? The high priest who goes into the temple once a year in the Holy of Holies, the most holy place there is, does not take his shoes off. Why did God say to Moses, take off your shoes? I think it's because what happens to me when I'm in the Middle East and I go into somebody's home, what do you do? You take off your shoes. Not when you go to church, when you go to somebody's home. And I think what's happening there, when Moses meets God there at the foot of Mount Sinai, God says, take off your shoes because you're coming home. And they have this incredible conversation. God is our eternal home, a place where welcome as children. But he goes on. Our days make them 70 years or 80 if strength endures. Now, at 75, I take this pretty seriously. Uh, and I've got the metastatic melanoma in my lungs and uh, the stuff in my brain is, there's, well, the doctor told me last time I was in there, there's no activity in your brain, Gary. And sure, he said, amen. <laughs> so you look at this and what we see here is our days here are brief. In some cases, briefer than others. Kiko was only 59 when he had his heart attack and died. And I've been with people who've lost children. We don't know how long the days are, but they're God's gift to us. But they are brief, and our life is full of what? Trouble. Mm -hmm. Why? If God is the king of this world, why is there so much trouble? And the answer is what? The prince of this world is named the devil, and he is actively at work to destroy the shalom that God built and is trying to rebuild, and we do our part in that. Why the trouble? Fundamentally, it's because there's another evil spiritual being doing his work, and he's got lots of helpers, and we know about that. But I keep reading in this psalm, Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Now he's writing this in the context of sin and failure and punishment. But we connect it with God, make us glad for as many days you afflict us, for as many years as you've seen trouble. The goodness and the gladness of God in the midst of this. And he says this, may your deeds be shown to your servants 
the splendor to their children. And I love this last line is one of my life verses. May the favor of our Lord God rest upon us, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You know what that says? That says our life is precious to God. Our life is precious to the God of the universe. I think of my response when my kids do cool things. Now, my baby is 51 years old, so, I mean, it's a little different now. But my grandkids, oh, they're there. But all of them, when I see them doing cool things, I'm excited. That's why God looks at us. So I look at this and I think lived life is full of satisfaction and joy. Lived life. Because if we're living life as children of the Lord Most High, we're involved in the family business and it's full of joy, full of gladness. Oh, there's trouble. Oh my, yes. Because we still live in a broken, sin-marred world where Satan is prince. Lived life. And what this psalm is calling us to do and what generosity means, especially generosity with time, is time is a gift. Use it for maximum enjoyment. Lived life is full of satisfaction. We had, uh, this week we had Stephen Slusta Tracy sitting at our table. Steve was a student of mine back in the early 80s and we've maintained a friendship until now. 40 plus years of friendship with them. They started a group called Mending the Soul and we were talking there Thursday night, Friday night, about the work that Mending the Soul is doing. We've had groups here, sure I'll be leading another group here soon, dealing with trauma recovery stuff and this is being done in Africa Central America, Southeast Asia, and bring hope and healing into the most complex trauma. Full of satisfaction to see that done. Full of satisfaction. True? True? Do you look a little baby and see this? Now Sherry is really bad about throwing away good food just because it's got an expiration date on it. I, it it's just good for a good while yet. No, no, throw it away, she says. I'm kidding. She actually does it, but... Expires on... And that has to be a reality in our life as we come with an expiration date. The only thing is we don't see it because it's stamped in invisible ink. But every day is a gift from God to be used to maximum enjoyment. But there will be an end. So one of the things we think about is tomorrow I die. How do I live today for maximum enjoyment? Tomorrow I die. How do I live today for maximum enjoyment? It's the kind of question we should ask. Oh, that's, that's macabre. That's dark. No, actually it's realistic. Because today is the gift. And there may be other days. We just don't know how many. Every day is a gift from God to use for maximum enjoyment. We invest our time for maximum return. So when I think about this, God's eternity, and he's the one from everlasting to everlasting, God's eternity is the answer, not the antithesis or the opposite of our homelessness and brevity. 
because we have an eternal home with God, we're not fully there yet. But when we're involved in our piece of what is a whole world, whole eternity work, we have a very important piece in a long-term work project. I was just listening to a podcast that was talking about building the, the uh, cathedral in Cologne, Germany. I don't have the dates right, but it started about 1260. How many were alive in 1260 beside me? That's a long time ago. That cathedral was finished in the 1800s. For a lot of reasons, it got put on the wayside. But when you look at, and I've never seen that particular cathedral, I've seen pictures of it. It's a massive, beautiful cathedral. But if you're a workman that worked in that thing for, say, 40 years, your investment, though it's only 40 years, or maybe only a couple days, is a part of a beautiful edifice and important in what you do. The fact we're involved in an eternal project is the answer to our homelessness and our brevity. You ever heard something like this? Man, I gotta work harder, I won't make it. What's the obvious question? What's it? What is that driving thing that you've gotta establish, whatever it is? Now for some people they have no purpose, but actually they have a purpose. Because what they're trying to do is fill an empty moment with something that might possibly be satisfying. What is the it that's a driving force in your life? Well, if you're a follower of Jesus and live as a child of God, that it is the family project that means bring hope into despair, bring healing into forgiveness, bring healing into trauma, bring joy into sadness. Right? Does this characterize your life? I'm so busy, I don't have time for anything. Well, you know what busy is, don't you? When you fill it in, it's what? It's Satan's wonder, being under Satan's yoke. So when you define your life as busy, what that means is you're looking at, I don't have time, I don't have enough time, when in fact you've got exactly the same amount of time that everybody else has, and you've been given this gift as a thing, and you're saying, oh, I'm so busy. Now you're thinking from the perspective of a victim instead of a child. When you define yourself as busy, I'm too busy to come to children's choir. Well, actually, you've got Sunday afternoon just like everybody else. I'm too busy to bring my kids to children's choir. You know what that says is you have the time, you're just using it for something else. You're not busy. I mean, frankly, you're not. You've got 168 hours, you're going to use it for something. And busy is a word we use in many cases to give ourselves important. I'm so busy means I'm important to somebody. But see, if you think yourself as a time as a gift that God gives, now I'm a child, and he's helping me grow, and we're doing it together, and it's fun to work with my Abba. Maximum enjoyment. Don't define yourself as busy. Don't. Invest every minute, and recognize that some of those appointments can be changed. Uh, Friday this past week, I was talking to 
a friend and turned out that she was in pretty serious trouble. I didn't even know it when she came by. I'm really glad I set some stuff aside to make some time to talk to her. See, busy, no, we're not busy. We're people with a gift of time. Intriguing book, Bonnie Ware. She's an Australian caregiver for dying patients. Kind of a hospice type thing, so she didn't work specifically for hospice, but that sort of thing, and she's done it for a long time. And she listens to the stories of these people that she's giving care to, and they all have regrets, and she hears them, and over and over and over, she heard these five regrets. And the book is the regrets and stories around them. It's well worth reading. The second regret, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And I think what happens at that point, this is people who do not have a godly perspective on work. Because they work, they look at work as something I do that I really don't like so that I can get money to do what I do like. I just had somebody said, aren't you glad it's Friday? I said, yeah, it's, Friday's a good day. So is Saturday, so is Monday. You like Mondays? I love Mondays. I love Saturdays. I love Sundays because I'm doing God's work no matter where I'm at. And see, that's the key is what is the Lord's work? The Lord's work is the gracious expression because that grace, that gift we give, it's a graceful expression of Yahweh's creative energy. So he's given us this creative energy. We're working with him. The Lord's work is a gracious expression of Yahweh's creative energy in service of others to create shalom. And see, with this perspective of the Lord's work, you can do that anywhere. This past weekend was Hood to Coast. Now, I'm old enough that I'm not driving Hood to Coast. Nobody but an idiot would run Hood to Coast. I'm just saying it right here. <laughs> I've been with these teams many times, but driving, because I'm getting a part of the team, and I'm the most unpopular guy in the world, because that second sleep when your body is absolutely revolting, you get up to do a third leg, I'm the one that has to wake him up. And it's a very unpopular place to be. And one of these stops, on the third leg especially, over in the coast range, the most popular thing over there is the part potties because your body's rebelling and it's showing it in some very graphic ways. And I was at one of these things and there was a guy that was a, his job was being a porta potty sucker-outer. <laughs> and he was doing his professional business. I'm waiting for our guy to run in. So I just went over and he was there and I just said, thank you for what you do. It's a real blessing to us. I don't know if he caught the blessing word or something like that, but he said, you know, I do it to serve God. And, and we had a short conversation as he was sucking party potty stuff out. <laughs> See, that man had a perspective that he is doing God's work, doing porta potty sucking. Probably not your number one job in the world. But see, the thing is, you can do anything as the Lord's work if you come with that right attitude. Some ideas here. Number one regret. Number one regret for everybody she talked to. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expect of me. And see, this is a Christian attitude if you understand self, not as an autonomous individual, 
But if you understand self as child of the Lord most high and a part of the community of faith. I wish I'd had the courage to live life true to my true self. So the question from the psalm is, who numbers our days? Somebody will. And if we see ourselves as a victim of time instead of the, having the gift of time, then somebody's going to number our times because we're trying to meet their expectations or whatever. And I look at this. Teach us to number our days who may get a heart of wisdom. And see, wisdom is not gathering a lot of knowledge. Wisdom is not knowing how to do your job really well. Wisdom is knowing how to live successfully as a child of the Lord Most High in the family community. So in that wisdom, this is, I'm, I do charts of everything. So I put a chart together of people and activities in my life, and then I put on smiley faces and sad faces. I mentioned this conversation I had with my friend who's in a really desperate spot right now. That was difficult to listen to because I thought she was doing really well. I had no idea what had happened. And it was painful for me to sit with her in her pain. But what a privilege it was to be able to do that. And I put that in the smiley face side. Though I had some short-term happier stuff that I could have been doing during that hour and a half I was with her. The brevity and troubleness of life does not get the first or the last word. Now it is brief and it is troubled, yes. But the first word is, the Lord is our eternal home. The last word is we're with him now and forever. That's a whole different perspective on things. Don't fear death. Fear the unlived life. And what is the lived life? It means using the gift of time that we have for maximum joy. Joy being defined as long-term satisfaction. I ran across this quotation I can't do French. Henri Frederic Amiel, he's a philosopher, poet. Life is short. We never have enough time for the hearts of those who travel the way with us. Oh, be swift to be to love. Make haste to be kind. One of the disciplines in my life I do regularly is go visit a vampire. And a vampire sticks a needle in my arm and grabs blood. I'm glad there's a vampire that does it. But I think if I were a phlebotomist, to use a, the fancy term, and that were my life is taking blood, you know, who likes to get yourself stuck with a needle? And so what I do every time I go sit to a phlebotomist, which I'll do again a week from today, is I want to make my appointment as good an experience as possible for that phlebotomist. I want to bring kindness and love and joy into his or her life, wherever I'm at. Because I've got a gift of time I want to invest it for maximum joy. Not just my joy, but the joy around me. That's the gift of, of time. I'll steward my time so I'll fulfill God's purposes. That requires that, I, that I'm getting time to give. Now, you've only got 160 hours no matter what. The thing is, what do we put in those slots that we've got? And getting time means look at every hour and saying what's the best use of that time for maximum joy. 
Now, I'm just curious. How many are into football? Confess, it's okay. Nobody's going to make fun of you. Well, might, a little bit. How many are you into Oregon Ducks football? Beside a certain pastor that I know. How many are really stoked by Oregon Ducks football? Now, to be fair, to be fair, full thing in here, I, I'm thinking go Beavs. Now, the problem is, I've got a pastor who is a Ducks fan. Look at his truck. I've got a granddaughter who is doing the marching band. I mean, she runs the marching bands at Go Beavs. I've got a non-legal daughter who's a Boise State, but she's a graduate of Oregon State. How much time did I invest in Oregon and Beaver football in the past two weeks? Zero. Why did I do this? Because I wanted to make fun of Jay. <laughs> I warned you before I began. But see, that's the thing. What you do, do for joy. Now, some of you, I mean, you really get joy out of sports talk radio. I'm not against that. It's just not my gig. But do it in a way that maximizes joy and advances the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the key for maximum enjoyment. So, worship team coming up here. We can only live life wisely as we see God clearly. If we see God as the disappointed judge, we will not do it well at all. If we see God as the generous father who is delighted in his children, then we'll begin life well. And I look at this again. Lord, you've been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, you were brought everlasting laughing. You are God. I love this picture from Prison Fellowship, which is a great organization, by the way, doing work in the prisons and the families of incarcerated family members. Because God is our home. God is our home. I like that picture a lot. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor, their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Our work is precious to the Lord of glory. We're going to do communion here in just a bit. Communion is a family meal. And as family members, we get to have that meal with Jesus, represented by these elements here. There may well be some of you who are not yet members of the family. You've not signed on with Jesus. But frankly, if you want to know more about Jesus, if you'd like to have a meal with him, come on, we invite you to participate in this family meal as a guest in hopes that you'll join the family. It's a great family to be a part of. And when we think about this, what I want you to prepare for this, we'll call the servers up at the end of the song. We're going to sing a song from Psalm chapter 90. It's a really nice song. It'll be new to some of you, but it's very singable. But what I want you to do is I want you to invest some time to think and prepare for the Lord's table by pondering, what is my picture of God? What is my picture of time? Do I see myself as a busy, hampered, cramped, judged? Or do I see myself as a of a precious gift that I get to use with for great enjoyment? There are prayer teams on either side. If 
Maybe you haven't connected with the family of Jesus yet. We'd love to talk to you. It's really easy, actually. Or maybe you just seem that you just need to pray about something that's going on in your life. Come on up and pray. Grab any with one of these things. We'd love to pray with you. If you're new here, Next Steps happens right after this over in the... Is that in the cafe? Yeah. And you can get your energy so you can go watch a football game. I found myself thinking, because I've heard it, single mom, I was talking about a thing like this in another context. Gary, I don't have any time. How can I be generous with time? Don't you understand? I'm working every minute and my kids are, and she started crying. See, that's Satan's lie. And this particular woman is incredible, faithful, serving the Lord Most High. Investing her kids sacrificially. But Satan had lodged in there because she couldn't give away more time than what she was giving away already. So somehow she was defective. I just rebuke those lies in Jesus' name. Now maybe you are wasting your time. I call you in Jesus' name to use your time for maximum joy. But the enemy loves to give guilt. Our Savior loves to give help. It's the difference between the two. We've been given time as a gift of grace for maximum enjoyment. Thank you, Father, our eternal home, our everlasting Father, triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are faithful to us, even in our sin, and even when you end up having to punish us, as you did the people in the wilderness, that you don't give up on us, you don't throw us away. You stayed with them, you stay with us. Holy Spirit, show us those places where we can maximize our enjoyment and your pleasure is the way we give our time. We want to be generous. We want to be wise. And just pray for us all that we'll be seeking that deep long-term enjoyment with the time that you've given us, the ability you've invested in us, the life that's your gift to us. And until that expiration date, we will serve you with joy, with hope, with courage, with love, with kindness. Maximize our joy, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go change the world. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.